You are listening to the Source Connection Podcast, an ongoing invitation to remember your true infinite nature and embody your unique human expression. By holding space for the kind of conversations that uplift, inform, and unite us, we are here to amplify the field of possibilities and explore the keys to creating the new. Hosted by Liz B. and Tara Long. For more, check out thesourceconnection.us, Spotify, Odyssey, and YouTube. Hi, everyone. Happy to be here again, starting 2023 together with a very, very special guest, Dr. Edith Umutu Chin. Before we get to that, let's take a moment to arrive in the space, arrive in our beingness together. So let's settle our bodies in whatever way that feels comfortable. Let's start tapping into our breath, noticing. Admiring the perfection of us. And if available to you, close your eyes and just open yourself up to your inner perceptions. Trusting the perfection of this moment. Surrendering into the knowingness of our wholeness. Allowing for the frequency of harmony to settle in, to open and soften us.
and sitting in gratitude in knowing that we are each other's deepest wish right now. As you breathe, expand that feeling of gratitude throughout your whole being. And if you're feeling generous, expand it outwardly, connecting it to all life. Let's close this time of introspection with three long, deep breaths and long exhales together. Mm. May our words be used for healing. If you need to move a little bit and shake, maybe lift the arms up and just come back into the shared space. Mm, here we are. So, so, so happy to have Dr. Edith here. Dr. Edith is a pioneer in every sense of the way, holistic um, doctor, traditional Chinese medicine doctor, first um, book-selling author, and just a real illuminator of this time. So thank you, Dr. Edith, for being here. I'm I'm so honored to be here. Thank you for that beautiful energy field you set up. Um, I feel like our audience, we can all just sit in the field of energy and all the right answers will come through already. We have a limited one hour block of time in the parent time and space, but I think it's really that frequency of energy that we're all swimming in together. So many things beyond the words that get shared. Mm. Yes. Anything you'd like to add to that list of amazing things that you do and how amazing you are and what you're most excited <laughs> about right now? <laughs> well, I don't know about how amazing I am, but this life is amazing. And I do mm. have an amazing life that I'm so blessed with. And mm. um, 
in these recent years that that looks like motherhood and parenting and homeschooling and having incredible, inspiring conversations with all of my old friends and colleagues and mentors and collaborators of previous projects, which was always consciousness and human potential. How does that conversation infuse into the new paradigm of education and parenting and community building and village building you know these contiguous conversations we can't separate these topics anymore and I find that my background as a holistic doctor all of that experience comes in very handy right now in these times when it comes to you know the agendas of these last years and 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 empowering people to feel confident in their own health and their abilities to to heal from anything to not have to walk around being afraid of their own bodies and other people's bodies but also how does that the observations i had with that how did those um um, decades of experiences infuse into parenthood and education and what are the most important skills that our children need to nurture mm. and blossom mm. into to have a joyful beautiful fulfilling life to tap into their fullest blossoming of their fullest mm. possibilities in this lifetime so yeah it's hard to separate these topics yeah. these separate silos anymore because they all um, inform and inspire each other yeah Absolutely. Mm. And can you say, Dr. Edith, um, how you talk about, you know, your decades of experience as a um, holistic doctor and how that is now informing you having young children and the, the what you do is different than homeschooling or unschooling, which I also want to talk about, but can you say like what comes to your mind or your heart and, and the big things that have translated into what it is you're doing now? Yeah, you know, um, there's kind of two threads I want to follow. One is just just the fact that after two decades, um, thousands of cases of all these people that have been deemed incurable, they come to my holistic medicine practice. I'm like, there's no such thing as incurable. Let's look at the basics. And time and time again, I'm shocked that they've gone to every expensive, complicated (laughs) procedure and doctor and spent you know, all of their life savings trying to heal themselves. And nobody took them through a journey of like looking at the foundation of health and well-being. <laughs> the foundation's not there. and They're spending all this money on the next like, you know, quick fix kind of thing, chasing and grasping at all of these tools, tactics and strategies when the deeper essence isn't there, which is just take a huge step back and mm-hmm. to do that deep soul searching. Like, who are you? What is this life yes. for? How is your life? Yes. Oh, are you living with passion and joy? Are you in toxic situations mm-hmm. in your work, in your relationships, and so on? And and are you motivated to do all of these therapies because I don't want to get cancer, I don't want to get cancer, I don't want to get cancer, or I love my family. I love my life. I want to stick around here and have beautiful vitality. I love myself. So I want to take beautiful care of myself. So I have the energy and vitality to create a brilliant experience of life. 
And then as a side effect of that, the tools, tactics, and strategies, they're all aligned and somehow everything starts to work again. And then there's just the basics of listening to your body rhythms, waking up when you're well rested, going to sleep when you're tired, drink some water when you're thirsty, you know, go get some sunshine, sleep in complete darkness, barefoot on bare earth. And as you guys know, deep breath, that's the most potent medicine and nobody makes any money off of you if you know how to breathe (laughs) and it helped me to see how potent and powerful very Mm -hmm. simple stuff is yes and how much we waste our energy how just crazily inefficient things are because we don't take a big step back and just just look at the fundamentals of life Like, who am I? What am I doing here? And how can I do those simple things to take beautiful care of myself? And as a side effect of that, everything else starts to work out more effectively. And it comes from having a deep inner awareness, you know, body awareness, intuitive awareness. I'm connected with my highest self, whatever terms people like to use, my I am, my high self. I'm here to express my divine purpose in this life. And all my physical activities is aligned with that. And I saw miracle after miracle after miracle with thousands of cases of so-called incurable, hopeless conditions, Mm. or you have to get surgery, or you have to get this expensive procedure. And it turns out they didn't have to. People healed themselves, you know, just, just when all these things are lined back up, right? And a lot of it has to do with taking the time to do often uncomfortable soul-searching journeys. So when I became a parent, I started looking at the education system. And I started asking similar questions like, wow, there's a lot of weird things that are highly inefficient. (laughs) I should share that... um, the art we have an experience with our boy where we have an eight-year-old and a three-year-old now our eight-year-old actually came to me in a set of dreams and meditations to negotiate his um, conception (laughs) so back in 2013 I had just come back from a very life-changing meditation retreat it was um, in complete darkness, 11-day retreat, nine days and nine nights in complete darkness. And it was such a profound, life-changing experience yes. that when I came out, I became hyper aware of energetics and sensitive, and my intuition has skyrocketed. I came back to San Francisco to my healing practice, and I was just suddenly able to perceive so deeply where the issues were for each client or patient. So my results skyrocketed. But at night, I couldn't tolerate the energies of the city. Mm. And so I I just, it was so energetic, energetically noisy. Mm -hmm. I dragged my husband to the countryside. I said, I cannot live in the city. I can come work in the city like three days Mm -hmm. a week and see clients. Mm -hmm. But at night, I have to go to nature where I can just, just like relax and be in peace and harmony in a nature filled environment. So we moved to this little cottage with one acre of land. There was no other neighbors, um, Wi-Fi hubs that we could access. There was no 5G tower. And it was just this peaceful, harmonious space that was exactly what I needed after that deep meditation experience to start integrating and settling into the new me. Mm -hmm. Very quickly, 
in that environment. I had sunshine during the day, sleeping in complete darkness. I didn't have to go to a park and make a special trip in the city yes. to go there when I'm there or at the ground. Yes. I just walked outside my front porch <laughs> and there was an acre of ground that I yeah. could go barefoot in and gaze at the sun and get my, mm. you know, all of my biorhythms back in store. Yes. And it was an incredible experience for the first time in my life. As silly as it sounds, I discovered who I who am I if I see beautiful sunshine during the day and sleep in darkness at mm. night and go barefoot on bare earth every single day and I don't have Wi-Fi and 5G like humming at me. Yep. I met myself for the first time. Mm. Like, what does that feel like to be in harmony with nature's rhythms that to not have disruptive energetic noise to actually tune in and hear myself? And the inspiration for my first book came. I just started, I started writing my dream life, my meditation, the insights, all of that started blossoming. And this little boy started communicating night after night in my dreams. And he's like, hello, you know, <laughs> I've been waiting for a long time. It's my time to come. Mm-hmm. And so he started showing this beautiful vision of this was in 2013. He says, right now, in this moment, there's already a wave of uh, spirit babies. And we're all choosing, we've all scoured the cosmos <laughs> to decide that we want to come to planet earth and we've all chosen the perfect parents, the perfect moms, dads Mm -hmm. that, that we chose amongst all of the choices that is exactly the perfect one for us, for the mission that we want to come into. And we've chosen you or I've chosen you, but look at all of these. And he showed me this, this web work of all these <sighs> beautiful spirit babies. And he says, see, each of us have scoured the cosmos. We've all chosen our perfect parents and mm. we've chosen to come at a time and in communities and villages where we can all collaborate together to blanket the earth with a new consciousness <sighs> so that we can all collaborate and co-create a whole new level of possibility for humankind he said Mm -hmm. i know you guys weren't planning to have children because my husband and i were like um freedom loving hippies we like to travel (laughs) and just seems like it would you know it's a lot of responsibility (laughs) and also in the san francisco bay area so expensive we're like that would be i don't even think we could afford to have children right yeah yeah So we were not planning it, but really the deeper reason why we weren't planning to have children is because we hadn't seen examples of parenthood and also education that we resonated with. A lot of parenthood out there felt like um, dog training. (laughs) Right. So we were like, that's, I guess we're not cut out for that. Like that just doesn't (laughs) feel good that we have to like go yell at rowdy kids and to tell them to sit down or shut up or discipline them. (laughs) Um, You know, when we have friends, it's always very collaborative and respectful. Like, hey, where do you guys want to go out to dinner? Hey, do you want to go camping? Where should we go? What works for everybody? Isn't that how we operate? 
But for some reason with kids, we talk down at them. And that's so disrespectful. It's so much like dog training (sighs) that we just were like, we cannot do that. Like we can't do that. So in these dreams and visions, the baby spirit, who is now my boy that's eight, um, he was like, everything that you guys disagree with about parenting is true, is correct. I agree. You just have to take my word for it that when we come, (laughs) we'll show you that that is completely obsolete. That doesn't even apply to us. We don't, we don't play that game. We don't do that, you know, but we need bodies. Please let me be conceived. Let me incarnate here to participate in creating the new possibilities together with you. I cannot just tell you about it. I need a body and to be in your family. And so he said, um, here's the thing. It's not about us as a nuclear family unit. He showed me this whole web work, beautiful oceans of uh, baby spirits all interconnected with these luminous strands of light. It was like a web, this ocean. And he said, the permutations of how we've each precisely chosen the perfect moms and dads and our incarnation time is so elegantly coordinated I cannot really express it to you properly, but just so you know, you do have free will to choose. You can choose not to conceive me, but you're not choosing this nuclear family. You're choosing all of this. Yeah. And if you choose not to conceive me, no pressure or anything, but (laughs) he disappeared the whole thing. He disappeared the whole scene. He says, we have to come up with a whole different permutation because it influences all of it. And it was like, wow. Whew. No uh, pressure. Wow. Yeah. This is happening. And I'm feeling this energetic upgrade, this pulsation of healing energy in my womb space that I had never experienced before. Yeah. You know, so so anyway, I keep telling my husband, he's like, la la la, I'm not ready to <laughs> that one visit. And I shared with him everything. He was so moved by that. And um Shortly after that, he went to yoga class and did a shavasana at the end. And our boy visited him in a dream. Oh. And a couple months later, you know, the baby energy during that whole time was so strong in the house that people would come over and they'd be like, is there a baby? Is there a baby? Is there a baby? <laughs> people could feel that energy. And so, yeah, we had this magical, incredible experience of feeling the energy exactly that moment where he needed to be conceived. And we all three of us together, we <laughs> knew that it was a very special, sacred yeah. moment. And yeah. Uh, this this agreement that we had all made and when he was conceived it was a cycle mm. that kick-started in the wow. womb space like there were lungs like there was a breathing a mm. pulsation of breath that was in the womb and I didn't need to take a pregnancy test you know I went yeah, and took right. a test like I don't know seven weeks into it just to make sure all the markers were good but um but I could feel that breathing cycle and I had already met him. So of course, no ultrasounds yeah. or tests yeah. know that it was a boy. I knew exactly yeah. what he looked like because he sometimes <laughs> has an orb. Sometimes he showed to me as a two or three-year-old kid because, you know, they're so cute when they're toddlers. And yeah. then he was trying to be like, look how cute I'm going to be. <laughs> he like, showed himself in his cutest state. 
Um, yeah, and then by the time he was three and a half, he said, oh, my sister, my sister is still in space. She has to come. And so she was also conceived consciously when we tuned into the timing. And we also knew that she was a girl, not because I, I had, I had only met her as a soul. I hadn't met her as a girl, but he insisted that she was a girl. So again, we kind of expected that she was a girl and she was a girl. And so now we have three-year-old and an eight-year-old. But the education conversation kind of was contiguous with all of this because mm-hmm. like he's already, so he's already your buddy yeah. and all throughout pregnancy, you're like, Hey buddy, what do you want to eat? You know, <laughs> hey, dude, are, you, are you doing well? How's it going? And I would take my consciousness into the belly and I would smile with him and talk with him. And, um, I read some different books about pregnancy and connecting with your child to get some good ideas about how to go in there and smile and say, good job this week or <laughs> the size of a mango or yeah. whatever. <laughs> good job growing this spotty part. I love you so much. And, and yeah, we just connect. And so by the time he was born, you know, we had chosen the perfect midwives. I felt like a collaborative choosing that he wanted this water birth at home with a specific set of midwives. And when it came time to do uh, preschool, I thought, well, we're kind of an alternative minded already, but I hadn't thought about homeschooling. I just mm-hmm. said, you know, let's find the most fluid and flexible alternative holistic type of preschool. And so we chose this place that um, it was just two days a week, not five days that we went. And it had beautiful, very wholesome teachers. They were all organic. They spend most of their time outdoors. They had a beautiful veggie garden. They did all these outdoor activities and they had these little studios that are semi-indoor outdoor for art for music and all of this stuff and um and then gradually his language kind of came in late um I think in general boys come in late later than mm-hmm. girls but yeah. he came in his came in quite late because we were mostly telepathic with all of our conversations so we it just wasn't that much necessity for him to learn a lot of words so it took till about he was four that he could say this to me out loud which was mama I don't like it that <laughs> why do you pee pee and poo poo when teacher says potty time? Mm. I want to pee pee and poo poo mm. when my body says pee pee and poo poo, mm. not when teacher says potty time. Yeah. I want to eat snacks when my body says hungry, not when teacher says it's snack time. Yes. And then because of that, he was kicking and screaming and wouldn't leave the car. Mm. And I was like, but they're so nice here. I could not. <laughs> holistically minded priest right right so I would go in there together with him just just to ease the transition and I'll stay for a while or try to come early and just check things out and you know before picking him up and I started observing how he would be doing one activity and they had lots of like big chunks of play-based time but then they would like ring a little ding and and sing a cute song and let's march (laughs) over the music studio and do the other activities. It was so sweet and so cute, but he would be building blocks and he's building this epic structure. He was always since a young age, really into engineering and building and stuff. And he was building Taj Mahal. (laughs) (laughs) This epic thing. And then they're like, let's go to the music studio. And he'd look at them like, are you crazy? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm like, I'm like, 
Michelangelo creating a masterpiece mm-hmm. here. Yeah. You're disrupting my flow. Like he would look at them like, what is up with these people? And so he kept <laughs> saying, I don't want to eat snacks when they say snack time. I want to eat snacks when my body says. And yeah. don't want the BP and poopoo when they say potty time. Because they, you know, the kids are still like learning yes potty training yeah. some of them so yeah. they they have these like scheduled blocks of time where they march all of the kids to the potty and they yeah. line them up and like just try to tinkle a little bit yeah you know, even if you don't have to and he just really didn't it, that yeah. was he was like this is an disrespectful and an assault <laughs> to my soul basically <laughs> so he would like look at me like I don't want to pee pee and poop when they say his body when it's my body says like, like, lady, do you get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So, um, it became such a thing that we talked to the head of school and this, this very kind lady, she's like, yeah, I think he's probably a good fit as a homeschooler. <laughs> <laughs> but I did observe how there was a whole agenda, even the super holistic alternative preschool. Yeah. I saw that with the five-year-olds, they're training them with, to be more rigid with their rhythms. There was mm. a, a whole routine that they put them into to get them ready for kindergarten. And then for first grade, there was clearly a kind of like domestication of Mm. animals into this like rigidity of the school system. Yeah. And I had to have a boy like shake me up like that for me to really see. And that ties back into my holistic medicine background, which is yep. that I saw time and time again, the people that got the great results were connected with themselves. There was an arising yep. of an inner guidance system that said, this is the right kinds of diet, lifestyle therapies yep. for me. I'm listening to my body. I'm listening yes. to my soul. I'm, yes. I'm you know, this is the inner authority that rises through me that dictates all the external actions that, that feels aligned and supportive for my healing journey. And it's like, why did all these people get so sick and get so disconnected and have to get to almost a life-threatening level illness before they return to themselves? Maybe we don't have to disconnect our children to get them to that point where they have to go through, you know, Mm -hmm. so much therapies as an adult to come, just come back to the simplicity of this intersection, right? So I was like, this is actually very profound what my child is trying to tell me. And so we didn't know how to homeschool, but this was, you know, four years ago, he's eight now. And we took him home and it's like, I'm just going to start bumbling along, reading books and learning from different things. And then I started um, trying different things. And lo and behold, years later, now I'm um, writing a book about the new paradigm of education. I have this, mm-hmm. this very um, profound, life-changing program called the Luminous Education Revolution, where we're talking about these deeper conversations, not just which curriculum should you follow when you're doing homeschooling. It's like, take a Mm -hmm. huge step back. What is it to be a human? What do we treasure? What's so precious about this life? What do we value in this life? And, you know, what is the purpose of education? The old Mm. paradigm of education really was a very successfully designed to create obedient factory workers and obedient consumers and gear pushers of the GDP machine. So it's successful, right? Like people say, no, it was horrible. No, it was great for that purpose. (laughs) 
So now is a different time. Humanity has outgrown that factory model. It just doesn't work. Plus, this new generation of luminous yes. kids, they are so intuitive and sensitive. They bring this extra expansive consciousness. They have a different set of needs for supporting their journey. You know, and I feel like our generation was able to kind of like tough it out and deal mm. with it. But this new generation, they're practically allergic to these paradigms of control. Yeah. And, Ooh. you know, like they, they just, they can't do it. It's like, I can't do it. I'm allergic to it. You'll make me very, very sick if I even have to sit mm. in those environments for a day yeah. or two, because they're so energetically aware and tuned in and they're, they're tapping into all the energies and distortions of all of their classmates and the teachers it's too much yeah right like so the a lot of these kids really thrive better in more small group environments where they can have the fluidity for their inner inspirations to arise and participate in co-creating the custom education journeys that is an expression of what they came here to experience you know Mm -hmm. so I just started bumbling along and seeing that that wow there's those deeper conversations that need to happen and what if we looked at education that the purpose of it is to nurture the fullest blossoming of our consciousness to support and facilitate each child to bring forth their greatest gift, to mm-hmm. live their dharma, their divine purpose in this life, to, to, to uncover, discover, and nurture it into the physicality of this life. Like that changes very much how, what curriculum or like what school or not school could look like. And it could look very different for each family and each community, right? It's a very fluid, adaptive, dynamic process now. There's no more dogma, no more rigidity. Asking questions like, is this serving the deeper essence of what we think education should be all about? But there is helpful to be to create some structure, right? So out of that conversation, you can start asking like, well, what do we feel intelligence is? Mm-hmm. If we want our children or ourselves to be intelligent, how can education nurture and bring that up? Um, and I started writing journaling, and this is part of the Luminous Education Program and the, the book that is coming out. It's like, well, IQ and EQ, everybody knows about that. A lot of the alternative-minded schools out there are talking about EQ. And yeah, it is a big deal, but it's just the beginning of looking at all the intelligences. For me, body intelligence is probably the first thing we should nurture with our children, which is why my boy at that critical age says, take me out of here. Right now, I want to get anchored into really solidly listening to my own body rhythms not being yanked out of that at age three and a half or four because I have to follow some other school rhythm and there was always this hustle too to be like we're going to be late you know and you don't want to rush a three four five year old but you kind of have to, because when you go to the school, if you're late, they look at you with these eyes and <laughs> like even charge you, you know, for being late. They have all these like rules with the school. Right. And so I was like, this is stress, this stressful rhythm. Mm-hmm. I think at a certain age, we do want to nurture, you know, 
teenagers to show up on time to honor their agreements. Mm -hmm. If I tell you I'm going to meet you at a certain place, or if I sign up for a workshop, it's respectful to the teacher for me to show up on time and pay attention. If I'm not into it, I should just leave. But if I agree to do something, I want to be someone that shows up on time. Mm -hmm. But I feel that for three, four, five-year-olds, that yeah. It just didn't feel right. I started tuning into how I was dishonoring his natural biorhythm, mm. right? Yeah. So there's all this like body integrity and body awareness. That's a kind of intelligence, intuitive yep. intelligence, spiritual intelligence, energy awareness, practicing Qigong and you know, like energy work and the kids, they do it naturally. Our kids are always like, oh, mama, I'm going to put really good energy on your drink. So (sighs) love. And um, my boy has, um, you know, hot chocolate stand, lemonade stand, cherry (laughs) stand. And they, we put a big sign that it says, this is high vibe, alive spring water with whatever juice and all of this. And then we've supercharged it with our loving hands. And, mm. you know, they just naturally are doing things like that. So those are all the intelligences that the school system never even acknowledges, but they're the right. most important in life. Yeah. Awareness of energy, intuitive awareness. And what about street smart? Being um, yes. also financial intelligence, nature intelligence, the ability to spend lots of time in nature and observe the patterns of nature and then infuse that into all the activities of life so that ultimately it becomes a, an, an innate understanding of how to do life that is in harmony with nature's wisdom. It's just yep. in your cells, deeply ingrained within you. And you don't have to, you know, do lots of Excel spreadsheets to analyze your business practices. You just know within are your transactional mm-hmm. business activities as an adult in harmony with natural law, in harmony with nature's wisdom right? Like we can nurture that from a very young age. So this is the level of conversation that I love to have with my community. That is the deeper level of inquiry that is necessary right now. Way before we talk about should you homeschool? Should you unschool? What curriculum should you follow? Those happen then as a very natural side effect. It's like, well, Is it working for your family? And is it in alignment with what you feel that purpose of education is? And what are the different kinds of intelligences that you want to nurture as a family so that you can create a beautiful life? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, so So, I think the level of conversations, I so appreciate you guys' show because that's the level of conversation that you're inviting people back to. Right. Not getting stuck in the superficial symptoms of life, but the deeper source, the source connection that is necessary for us to give birth to a new possibility, a new world and a new humankind, you know. Yes. Oh, thank you. So many things to talk about. I'm I'm just bathing in the feeling of gratitude every time I hear the story, because I've heard you speak before about him coming to you, it always brings me to tears, right? It's just this deep remembrance that there's this divine intelligence and orchestration and weaving happening, this mystery that we don't need to understand, right? But we are part of and we can yield to. And it's just so profound, so profound to even for some people conceptualize that you could have that 
kind of happening in one's life, right? That you could be connected to all at that level and just surrender to it in such a magnificent way. And it's, it's sometimes I take it for granted because we're having these conversations often, right? And so I'm yeah. grateful that we can amplify the field for maybe somebody who's never heard of such a thing. Wait, what do you mean? Wow. And then boom, the quantum is right there. It's open. It's wide open for somebody. And um, so much I can relate to with the educational system and being a mother myself and knowing that that wouldn't work for us. And just staying really grounded in that decision because oftentimes people are very confused about that. What do you mean you're not going to sin, but your kid needs to socialize and your kid needs this and your kid needs that. So that leads me to a question of how was it around you guys when you guys naturally weaved into that choosing? What was it like for other people around you? Were you already surrounded by supportive community that also thought about it like that? The family was like, oh, this is great because my family back home still doesn't understand. It doesn't make any sense to them, right? They're just like, huh? But what, how is she going to learn how to read? How is this going to, <laughs> and I'm always reminding them that just the other day I was having a conversation with a mom, her kids are in school. And I said, if you allow for your children to tell you when they're ready to move into certain awarenesses, like our child was and said, I want to learn how to read. Okay. Well, how do we support that? And then all of a sudden, boom, and then starts reading in another language with no instruction. There is an intelligence that's trying to emerge and unfold. It's always present. But as you said, there is a system around that, that for whatever reason, doesn't really nurture that. And so when you... Right. So when people say like, you don't follow a curriculum, how, how, how does that work? It's like, well, there yeah. is a curriculum. There's an inner curriculum. Yes. Right. The child comes with a curriculum. I'm following that. It's like, oh, oh, snap, you know, yeah. or then there's like, I've come up with like a whole, maybe I should open a little, I should do a little booklet of the funny questions people ask you. Yes, and the, yes, answers, For example, some people, the number one thing that happens if you go to the store during school hours with your child is they're like, why aren't you in school? Are you what school? grade are you in? And, and instead of being like, I'm a homeschooler or whatever, you can say that, but you can say, actually, I'm in school now. You're my teacher. Thank you for being such a great teacher. And so that breaks down the raw walls yes. instantly that yeah. you bring the gratitude yes. and appreciation. You make that person aware that they're mentoring and teaching, te- teaching your child and it snaps them into this inner connection. Like, yes. wow, I am a role model in the community. The children yes. are learning from me. They bring the best of themselves and you're showing them the best of yourself by not building walls, but building connection. connection. You know? So there's a lot of good things that we can do. It's kind of like the subtle activism that isn't protesty yes. is welcoming to everybody, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so we were very blessed. I had a lot of practice because I had a really tough transition from computer software. I went to a fancy Ivy League school, graduated magna cum laude with a applied mathematics degree. I started a little career in software. I was quite successful and, you know, doing quite well. And then 
basically suddenly I told my family that I was going to quit everything and go back to my childhood dreams since I was four to be a Chinese medicine healer. And they're like, you're going to do what? <laughs> you're just going to throw away. You know, we came from a very hardworking immigrant background. Mm. I, my, yeah. my parents busted their butts to get us into this country with opportunities and then going to an Ivy League Ivy university. League. And, yeah. you know, they thought like I made them out of the house and I've got a good <laughs> job and a good budding career. And then suddenly I was going to throw all of that away, move into my now husband, but then boyfriend's like little tiny eight foot by eight foot room. <laughs> my car, my cat and my bike and one suitcase of clothes and throw everything away and become a hippie healer. <laughs> so I, I broke everybody in basically mm. 20 years ago Yeah, with my crazy ways of life. And so then when it came to, you know, giving birth, we were going to do home birth and they're like kind of roll all our families or like they roll their eyes. They had given up on trying to convince us. Like, You're not going to like, you're not going to get vaccines? Like what? Oh, can I say uh, this word or do you have to? That's fine. You yeah. Are you gonna it, yeah. Well, <laughs> we're going to get Yeah. Oh, the jibby jab. Whatever. Beep. Yeah. Beep. Yeah. You can put a beep on it. <laughs> yeah. Put a beep over it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and okay. you're not going to, um, you're not going to cut the tip of the boy's penis. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is yes. very radical. Right. So there's just been one after another after another of them be like clearly they're crazy yeah. <laughs> so we give up. To, right <laughs> so they kind of left us alone with this whole homeschooling thing because yeah. this is the yeah. mildest of all of those <laughs> and they oh, could man. frankly they could just see that we were doing fine with the Chinese medicine about 10 years after my career change they saw that I had a thriving practice they saw that I was um just very happy and healthy and honestly I was able to help so many family members yeah. with their health conditions and I got the results and the results speak for themselves with our kids the results also speak for themselves too you know now that our boy is eight they see that he doesn't like he's healthy, he's vibrant, and he helps out around the house. He's capable of doing all kinds of things. He can fix anything around the house. He's really quite an engineer. And um, we were just like, we would go to the farmer's market in the middle of a school day. And, you know, once the farmers at the market, you know, farmer's market people are very alternative minded to begin with. Mm -hmm. So that was an easy crowd to like get friendly with. They're like, oh, it's so great to see your kids all the time. And they love to take the extra time with our kids to help them count and help them add mm -hmm. and help them subtract. So we learn all of our math basically at the farmer's market. And the farmers are so sweet. They're like, okay, well, this, you're going to have to add up to 20. Do you want to borrow my fingers? And so oh, they have 20 sweet. fingers and they were like counting the fingers. And then, um, and then just before my boy's seven-year-old birthday, he was like, mama, I'm pretty good at math. I'm like you are, honey. It's like, well, I, what grade do you think I am if I were in school, you know? So we went on Khan Academy and we started doing some Khan Academy math. And we basically in two weeks went all the way through all of first grade and all of second grade. I'm like, you already oh, yeah. know first and second grade just from <laughs> farmer's market and living life. And also we have a $20 a month of allowance 
that we give to him. We just give him cash so that he doesn't keep asking us for toys, basically. <laughs> you budget for yourself. So he started yes. saving up his money, setting up a lemonade stand, setting up a fruit stand, setting up a hot chocolate stand, investing his money in stuff that could build his business. Just no even at five or six, he started thinking that way. So adding, subtracting, multiplying division that started coming in handy just with his little businesses, right? And so um, after seven-year-old birthday, we kind of intermittently would go on Khan Academy a little bit here mm. or there. This is going to start sounding like braggy mom. And yeah, I'm a braggy mom and I'm proud. Do it. But I'm sharing this because this is actually a very common type of story in holistic alternative education where you listen to the child and yes. allow the child to direct their path. When they're inspired and excited and ready, it is shocking, the possibilities. I'm blown away completely by it. So after his seven-year-old birthday, basically he made a goal. He's like, let's go through like a video game and finish all of first grade and all of second grade before my seven-year-old birthday. And so he did that. And then he was like, mama, do you think I could finish all of third grade and all of fourth grade before I turn eight? I'm like, Maybe yeah. see how it goes. So so it's like, there's a long way away until your eight-year-old birthday. So we like didn't do any math for some months. And then sometimes we'd get ex- inspired and then like, oh, wait, let's like set a schedule and get consistent if yeah. you want to meet that goal. So it's very fluid and flexible, but we also set agreements yes. and say, hey, yeah. if you want to meet this goal, we need to schedule the what time and be consistent with ourselves. What do you say? So So he sees it like a video game that's exciting to like reach that next level and the next level, you know. So it turned out a month before his eight-year-old birthday, he finished fourth grade math. And we're like, yeah. (laughs) And so like he's like, maybe I can do half of fifth grade math. (laughs) I mean, we have a month. Can we look at it? And basically, long story short, we ended up finishing all of fifth grade math in that last month before he turned eight. And now we're doing sixth grade math. And it just is like, wow, in basically a year and two weeks, we did all of first, second, third, fourth, fifth grade math. And the amount of time we'd spend on it is like half an hour two or three times a week. Mm. Yep. Yeah. That's the, in the people like I could never do homeschooling because it yes. would take forever. it's like, well, that's because you're used to that highly inefficient, inefficient. way. It yes. takes like one tenth the time that you imagine that it takes, you know? Oh my goodness, and and yes. you get 10x the results or something like that. I know you guys have interviewed um, Gabriel Miguel. Yes. On your show. Don't you guys love this guy? You guys, if you haven't listened to that episode or anything (laughs) that Gabriel Miguel shares on on NSAC and Ringing Cedars, highly recommend. Beautiful. So Mm -hmm. he was um, one of our teachers and speakers in my Luminous Education program, which is 18 sessions where we have, I think, 14 different teachers and wisdom keepers bringing conversations from many different threads of wisdom, weaving together this arising Mm. paradigm of education and parenting that's happening. So um, Gabriel Miguel distilled the 10 books of the Anastasia Ringing Cedars with regards wow. to parenting and education in a 
very concise 50 minute presentation. You guys have to check that out. I've watched it five times and so many people watched it five (laughs) times and told me that they were sobbing tears of soul recognition the whole way through. And it was like mic drop after mic drop after mic drop. Like I should probably take that video and crop lots. Crop it. Do it. It was so good. So he talks about Anastasia's philosophy, but he also talks about the Shekinin, um, this, this principle in Siberia that, that built a school based on her ideas and philosophies. And the children at this school are completely self-directed, but they come together as a community and the teachers are facilitating their learning journey in a very fluid and flexible way. And this is what I'm calling luminous education. Yes. This is kind of like school, but it's not really school and is very self-directed. It's very unschooly, but you're not alone at home doing your own thing you're in community and magic and synchronicity arises through the group of kids and adults facilitating and it's kind of you can plan a little bit but you can't really plan for the magic you know Mm, that's right education that's happening so in the Shekinan style of school all these kids are self-directed they all come together they're like hey let's all do lots of math this year hey let's do all lots of science this year let's do tons of history together they all teach each other and they do about 10 years of regular school curriculum <laughs> in one year oh yeah and yeah. they just blast through That's like awesome. all of basically like first through 12th grade math <laughs> do it all in one year because we can all help each other out and they do Wim Hof style ice dunks in the river they grow the vegetables they cook the food they help the school with um business planning and bookkeeping they even build the school buildings themselves they figure out the architecture and the engineering and the sacred geometrical um proportions and everything the pictures of the school and the buildings it it looks like beautiful sacred temples and the kids Mm. all came up with it themselves so Mm. it's an example of the possibility if we nurture and support the kids their their divine beauty that is naturally expressing through our kids and maybe that sounds like really crazy and magical to some people if we just take a step back at um there's a school called the Sudbury Valley School in Massachusetts that does just completely hands off the the teachers don't really even facilitate it's my understanding I haven't visited it but a Dr. Peter Gray who's a big famous um, researcher and author of self-directed child-led mm-hmm. education. And they find that a hundred percent of the kids, they just look like they're playing all day long at the Sudbury Valley school. hundred percent of them end up having fulfilling careers. The ones that want to go to university all successfully get into universities, but the ones that don't go is because they're really clear they don't want to do anything that requires an academic degree. So why would you waste your time? And uh, they all learn to read. They're all numerate and literate, and they never took a single class. I had to do a workbook to get there. Um, So at the very least, their results are at least as good as regular school. But with the Shekinan style and the anesthesia, the soul that yeah. anesthesia is breathing into that paradigm, there's a whole different level of genius and brilliance mm. that is emerging through our kids. If we just 
facilitate them at the right moments and hands off at the right moments and create a cocoon and nurturing, loving environment that really inspires our kids to step into their full blossoming. So I think it's an interesting conversation about how can we weave the best threads of wisdom from all of these different traditions. And then in our families and communities, ask ourselves, what is the flavor of this that works for us? Mm-hmm. And so it's very um, diverse, kind of like moving from factory farming to permaculture and biodynamics. <laughs> yeah. Farm or biodynamic farm looks very different. The soul and the essence of what they're trying to do is the same, but how it expresses itself can look very, very different. Whereas mm-hmm. factory farms, every one of them looks the same, right? Right. Oh, what a good comparison. Yeah. Oh. Mm. It's just so, just hearing you speak, um, Dr. Edith, you know, about with the kids, if we just get out of the way, if you, if yes. you really just totally got out of the way and just let them at it, they would still know innately what to do. Right. And that's such a metaphor for pretty much everything in life. If we yeah. just get out of the way, you know, like healing, i I practiced acupuncture for 15 years as well. And the less that we are involved in that we are involved with our minds and how things should go and any dogma of any kind, even Chinese medicine, you know, we're just open to the possibilities. It's like the more that innate mm-hmm. intelligence just comes online and mm-hmm. it's just all across the board. So I mm-hmm. wonder what your, um, what your kind of with all of these different styles and all of these different sort of seems like unlimited possibilities with like school schooling, I say in quotes mm-hmm. of children learning and education and all of that. What is your, um, you know, dream? Like, do you want to facilitate and lead that? Like, I know you have your program. I want to hear a little bit more about that. The 18 sessions, like you could have groups coming together and watch that and then go off on their own. I mean, there's so many different possibilities. Do you have like a dream that? Yeah. You know, I'm a lot like you guys, I get the the downloads and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm told I get this, like you've been hired to do this project. <laughs> and so I got the download that I'm it's, it's a it's a blessing and a gift that I have these amazing connections with human pioneers and also alternative educators that all said yes, one after another after another mm. to put together these 18 very potent and life-changing sessions as a package with a bow that I can offer to the world. And it's a journey that I was sharing it mostly with educators and parents who are wanting to transition to um, what we loosely call a new earth paradigm, new alternative solutions that makes the old systems obsolete for people who resonate with that and who see themselves as visionaries that are creating these beautiful solutions. This is the most holistic, well-rounded program Mm. To support you on that journey. But I also got a bunch of people that are like, what? You have Charles Eisenstein? What? You have Matias DiCefano? What? You have this, you have Ringing Cedar series presented, and you have Masajadi, who's this incredible guy that came from uh, multiple near-death experiences, and he sees everything based on frequency patterns. And he had an amazing session. Dana Martin, the pioneer of unschooling, yeah. and um, Dr you know, Peter Gray, and, and then all these badass moms that are creating (laughs) local learning villages, like right now, they're already doing it. It's so inspiring. So I got all this feedback from people that said, this 
rocked me to the core of my being. Mm -hmm. It it shook my soul and healed my inner child in such a profound way that this Mm -hmm. actually should be required curriculum, not just for parents and educators, but all of us who grew up in the old system of parenting and education Mm -hmm. and want to just let go of all of that baggage so we can be fresh and enter into the new reality together right and build communities together with the fresh new version of ourselves so now I have a conundrum how can I just like you guys are at a moment with your podcast project you're now seeing that this is very potent medicine that the universe has blessed you with yeah. Right. You've done a lot of inner work to get yourself to the point where you can hold this level of conversation. Mm. And me too. Yes. Decades of work came to this moment where, where all of these incredible world-class teachers and speakers felt that I was someone that could hold the level of conversation and the sacredness of what we're trying to do here. Right. It's a huge honor, a huge blessing. And also it feels like a responsibility that I need to step into. What is the most effective way for me to share these gifts now with the world? So the 18 sessions as basically a training program, it's just one step, I think, in what needs to happen. I need some support right now, to be honest, so that I can complete the book. I have a few friends who are working on helping me build a business plan so that we can do some fundraising so that I can hire a team because I can no longer just do it all myself with a little bit of extra cash from my Chinese medicine practice funding these projects. It's just absurdly inappropriate for the level of conversation that needs to happen at this moment in the human story. So I need some help, to be honest, to hire some team. I have so many incredible colleagues that are ready to support this project. If we can get some funding to get help with videos, get help with just really the admin behind the scenes, right? Like how many emails yes. did we exchange just to schedule this one right? podcast? Yes. I would like to be on hundreds of podcasts because I yes. know so many people are out there. They're feeling yes. alone, but they don't realize we're here. We're ready yes. for this conversation. We're yes. ready to support and uplift each other. It takes yes. time. It takes energy. It takes financial yes. resources. Yes. It takes a lot of skills and talents for video editors, admin people, yes. copywriters, websites builders um people to help me edit the book there let's get practical that's yes. Yes. and i'm yes. very honored that different groups of educators and parents who are ready for this conversation are asking if i can come as an advisor or go go through a journey of coaching with them mm-hmm. a sequence of three or four or five coaching sessions with the moms, dads, educators, and board of advisors of the new paradigms of education, people that are yes. building schools that aren't really schools, you know, education centers. I call these luminous education villages is what I like to call them, mm. which is for everybody to come together and ask those soul-searching questions. And yes. what is the purpose of our education? Our learning village, who is it for? Who is it not for? And you get all the stakeholders together and ask everybody, including the kids, if they're old enough to participate in the conversation, what does it take to create a good life? You know, what are the skills that we want to nurture? What's fun and joyful and also necessary for life? 
So we're not just in our spiritual woo-woo space all the time. We're also very grounded and practical, you know? And then, and then um, out of that emerges the so-called curriculum, which is like, well, are there actually curriculums out there that align with these visions so we don't have to build everything from scratch? Are there (laughs) educators who can come in and teach different topics and modules? And do they get the essence of this way of orienting Mm. very respectfully and collaboratively with our kids? You know, so so there's a it's very exciting and fresh and new. And it's a threads of wisdom that has been there for a long time, but it's also a new time right now. Right? Like um a lot of the Waldorf-ish kind of communities have a lot of this going already. Oh yeah. And at Mm -hmm. the same time, Steiner came up in a different time. Maria Montessori came up yep. in a different time. And so their yep. systems of education, if we follow it too dogmatically, is no longer applicable. Yes. To if you tell yes. the kids, you're not allowed to touch any toys that aren't made of wood. Yeah. <laughs> like, no plastics allowed ever in your life. Yeah. Like, you know, I know Crazy. that I'm, I'm kind of joking, but you know, you've yeah. seen some yes. of that dogmatic way, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Technology. Technology is pure evil. You're never allowed to yeah. touch technology is like well that's kind of hopeless and also right. is actually potentially stifling the possibilities of our human potential yes. yes you know so what is the harmonious wise and intentional interaction with technology that we want to nurture yes. as a community and I've also been given a lot of visions that our children a huge part of this this generation's mission is to help us to harmonize our relationship with technology so we don't get into this getting our soul sucked into the metaverse mm-hmm. and we lose all free yeah. will and we just become like part of the Matrix movie, basically. Right. <laughs> that that our children are actually here to first grow up and anchor themselves in nature's frequencies, in living in a very natural, organic, holistic way. And then at age appropriate, very mindful, um, gradual progression to help nurture wisdom in how they interact with technology and to be very sober to say hey the 5g towers hey the all the stuff mm-hmm. is it's not nature's frequencies do you feel that energy change the when difference. you're in nature yeah. when you're, like what yeah. can we do to solve this very big problem yeah. so penny kelly is one of our most uh, popular speakers in the Luminous Education series, and she had actually two classes. She's a woman that um, back in 1980 had a spontaneous kundalini arising, and she was shown by her guys. She time traveled to the future, 2020, 2030, 2040, and 2080, and 2,413, and she wrote this book that shares a lot of the experiences, but she had a lot to share about education and parenting in the future. Hmm. And so I really asked her to teach us all. And she's a grandma. She's she's a mom with, I think, four kids. And she's a grandma many times. I think she just became a great grandma recently. Wow. Hmm. And so she's a naturopathic doctor. She's an engineer. She, um, yeah, she's just, she's an expert homesteader. She's this amazing woman. And so she had a lot to share about education and parenting and also a relationship with technology. And she shares that in the year 2413, at least the timeline that she journeyed into, yeah. the idea of school is long gone by then. 
<laughs> he shares that the timeline that she Love saw it. by 2040 already, the entire school system has already collapsed, is yeah. what she was shown. Body chills. So, yeah, so it became so clear to 100% mainstream people by 2040 that this yeah. idea of school yeah. and school has just become a, such an unsafe, unhealthy place for raising yep. children that it just makes absolutely no sense and the whole system collapses by then. But by 2413, she saw that we lived in these beautiful, um, basically village type settings. Um, she calls them families of 500 to 2000. Mm -hmm. And so we're still connected over the internet. But mm -hmm. Many things has changed about technology where we really understand frequencies. And so down to electricity at 60 hertz, that damages cellular mitosis and meiosis. Like the electric grid is completely redone. All our oh. um, technology devices, if it emits any kind of frequencies, it has to be life generating and nourishing oh. and regenerative. Every morning, people wake up in the morning and get attuned within themselves and it's considered personal responsibility yes. to wake up to not just brush your teeth and comb your hair, but you you clean your energy field. Yeah. And if you use technology, you step into the bathrooms of the future. There's 360 degree mirrors to take beautiful care of your health. And she's like, why are the people in the future so beautiful? They all have no blemish anywhere. <laughs> and her guide said, these are just, this is just called personal responsibility. Taking mm -hmm. beautiful care of the sacred vessel is personal mm -hmm. responsibility. Yes. It's not vanity. It's called this is a sacred life. Of course, you take beautiful yes. care of it. And so you use frequency technologies to help you harmonize so that you can meet the day with the most beautiful, harmonious, peaceful energies. Because that's just called being like social etiquette. It's just called, like, <laughs> being a human. You know, yeah. don't bring shitty energy into a space. <laughs> that's like kind of rude. You know, like we don't right. know those skills because our education system, our parenting paradigm, like all of that needs to be up leveled so much mm -hmm. and we do use technology the kids actually of the future they interact with other kids in other villages through the internet they mostly spend their day in the physical reality but there's like one hour of the day where they sit in these chairs and wear these like headgear things VR goggle type things to learn a skill and then they take it off and they have to do projects physical yeah. projects so they're anchored in this reality they use technology wisely to learn certain skills yes. and they come back and do the physical project together with their friends you know so it gives you a glimpse of really it's like which one is the dominant reality getting really centered and embodied spending lots of time in nature and then now this gives me hope that between now and whatever centuries mm -hmm. from now, yeah. that, that we heal our relationship with technology so we don't have to have this constant love-hate relationship with it, that we can have technology that is life-nurturing, mm -hmm. that we understand that we don't want nefarious agendas. Like We want the good parts of technology to assist yeah. us in doing human life in the physical world in harmony with nature in a beautiful way. 
And if it's not in harmony with that, then then we don't want that. So I think yes. this generation of kids will help us to solve this problem, which yep. means we have to be sober, engage them in the conversations about these dilemmas that we have and allow their, their, their tuned into this pure source connection and allow them to assist us in getting through this funk that we're in as a humankind right now. Words are small right now. Yeah. Yeah. Liz and I are both, uh, if you're listening to us on Spotify, Liz and I are very touched by the karma, just the energy and the frequency of it. And just the vision is so beautiful, so breathtaking, really. You know, it's such a, just the deepest desire of my heart, you know. It's so wonderful to be in the company of the ones. You know that saying, they say, sometimes you plant seeds that you may never shade yourself in mm -hmm. but this conversation is reminding me that the cyclical nature of our own existence right and we do get to sit we're sitting on that shade right now mm -hmm. of the trees that are being planted with all yeah. these possibilities right because yeah. the expansion that we feel through that knowing, just that inner knowing that that is possible and it is what we want. What else did we come here to do to suffer yeah. and be enslaved? Like we know that's not it, right? Our birthright of generosity and, and collaboration and just all of that is just so exquisite to be able to feel it in that way. I'm so grateful you said yes. yes to this, Dr. Edith, and just came here and just shined. You just, you just lit it up. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Edith, for mm. yeah this this time. And I wanna I want to also call out to our listeners um, what Dr. Edith was asking for, the support that she's asking for right now, practically. Yes. Um, if that calls to you, please um, connect with her. And can you tell us where to find you? Yeah, if you're resonating with this Luminous Education Revolution conversation, the website is luminousrevolution.com, luminousrevolution.com. And you can read about the journey. It's like a medicine journey of 18 mm -hmm. sessions to that starts with Charles Eisenstein sharing mm -hmm. this big vision of the transition between the old story to the new story. The new story. You know, Oof. this old orientation to life from the space of separation into the space that he calls interbeing. And that this idea that we can't just keep the education conversation separate from the rest of life. Yes. It has to be all woven yeah. together. And then we go into, we have experts in human potential talking about brainwave patterns, experts in working with starseed children, nurturing their gifts. And I share a little bit of my experience with our children having blindfold perception and spoon bending and remote view experiences as yes. much as they also like uh you know like get cranky about the legos and the spill <laughs> and, and, you know it's just very interesting and fun and um we have uh gabriel miguel sharing about the anastasia mm -hmm. ring cedar's vision we have matias de stefano who has conscious memory of atlantis and his lifetime in sirius and all of those threads of wisdom coming together and he himself as a multi-dimensional being seeing the reality that he sees what would he have liked education to look like mm. that would have been most supportive and less challenging for him coming up you know yeah. we have a whole bunch of sessions about the inner work 
that is necessary mm. for us as as adults, as moms, as dads, and educators, for us to let go of some of those old distortions and programmings, yeah. so that we can open our hearts and open our lives to the much more beautiful possibilities that is right here, right now. If we can just let go of that old baggage and step fully into it, so it takes a lot of courage to do the kind of inner work. Yes. You know, to let go of the control paradigm, the behavior modification paradigm, the rewards and punishment paradigm into the honoring, collaborative, respectful way of orienting with everybody, including our children. Absolutely. You know, what does that look like? Um, profound conversations. I mean, for for some, just the conversations in that section about the inner work yes. is that is juicy enough for a lifetime, you know? Mm-hmm. And after this whole journey, um, have you guys had Dr. Bear Lando on your show yet from Alpha Coming Bay? up, coming, coming up. up. So he yeah. had a powerful session in there too, because he was like, you know, he raised his children doing all his own thing with the education. He's like, yeah, in some ways I'm really glad because, you know, they're like 40 something now. And so he yeah. did it at a time before there were all these terms, before homeschooling yeah, right. and unschooling <laughs> and all of these things was a thing. He just did what worked. He was present with his children, him and his wife, and they uh, followed a little bit of curriculum sometimes, but mostly they were just focused on doing what is important to nurture in a human being based on their Mm. worldview of nurturing consciousness and nurturing human possibilities and nurturing well-being and creativity and innovation and kindness and living in harmony with nature and all the values that our communities value he pioneered all of that and he was like I didn't have to defend or explain anything we just did our own thing there was no dogma around it you know so that's that's the energy we're entering into is that yeah there is like the homeschooling there's the unschooling there's all of these things but we're we're kind of shedding some of those labels now just just stepping into the essence of what Mm. we're wanting to bring into the world and allow it to be very fluid and flexible and just do what works without any of the dogma and so that's why I showcase multiple diverse examples of moms on the ground building different styles of these kind of luminous education villages and they look different but when you listen to the essence of what they're saying it comes from the same soul but it manifests differently and I want to showcase that you don't there's no one size fit all anymore. Yes. They yep. all work, and we can listen to these different threads of wisdom. Like um, one mom in Santa Cruz, she started this learning village. It's called Visionary Village that has, I think, a hundred families involved. They have programs and activities that support kids 18 months to 18 years old, five days a week, so that people that want the help to quickly get out of the school system, they have this alternative Mm -hmm. five days a week. But the true homeschoolers and unschoolers, they do a la carte classes and programs and projects. So they have some academics, but they also have like entrepreneurial projects where all the teens get together, they do farm school and they grow the vegetables. Then they figure out the entrepreneurial project of building a pop-up kitchen. They do all of the math, all of the budgeting, all of the logo design, the branding, the marketing. (laughs) They cook the food, they do the pop-up kitchen, and then they share the proceeds so that they can fund their ski trip. 
<laughs> their classes. Yeah. Take her geometry class. They have crypto class and all this kind of stuff, right? It's so awesome. Well, her struggle, one, is that she needs support to get um get her staff more trained to work with special needs. And the secondly is that most of her teachers and educators came from the old paradigm with the mm-hmm. employee yeah. mindset. Mm. So she wants them to be a lot more collaborative and helping marketing because they do a revenue share model with their teachers and educators. And if the teachers were out there marketing their classes and their courses and programs, the whole thing would have a lot more abundance. Right. But they're used to just being an employee that just shows up and clocks in and clocks out. Um, Very good hearted, very high competency educators. But that piece, she says, there's an evolution and growth that needs to happen for the whole community. Right. This other mom in North Carolina named Melanie, total badass, highly recommend checking her thing out. She calls her style of education the learning havens. They Mm -hmm. also have five days a week because she sees her role as giving a quick off ramp off of the school system, system, even though her own kids probably just do like a la carte different things and not five days because they've been homeschooling for a long time. And she says, I refuse to hire a single school teacher. So she has an ex ex finance guy teaching math and he's teaching kids <laughs> about compound interest and fiat currency and the, Jekyll, <laughs> uh, uh, the creature from Jekyll Island and all these kinds of concepts woven into the math. She has mm-hmm. a really cool young chiropractic doctor who's just like spunky and fun teaching anatomy and physiology. She has a real life zoologist come in just to teach the biology classes. So she says, I don't hire a single school teacher. I hire people that are actually passionate about the topic. They happen to be go-getters, good with kids. They don't even need teaching experience, but they just need to be passionate about that topic. And they're good problem solvers like everything is figure outable if they have that attitude I want them in the community helping to educate the kids and she had this magical synchronicity sets of things that happen where she's got the free space from a local like-minded church that says bring your whole program here let's set up a PMA structure where you use the school space all the moms and dads everybody collaborates and they do picnics and barbecues on the weekends and it's creating this village environment you know Yep. Can you so send me? I want this, that contact. I want that. Yeah. That and then we've got this other mom who is like, she's, she's, um, Janisa Washington talking to her. It's a lot like talking to you guys. It clicks you right into soul alignment. And, mm. um, Janisa is this beautiful, gorgeous, soulful being who really gets the deeper essence of what Waldorf was trying to do. But mm. for present day time, freshen it without the rigidities and the dogmas like if Waldorf was if Steiner was alive today what would education and in her case for teens look like so she's built up this whole program for teens and I've uh, referred some people to her to help help freshen people that really resonate with the Waldorf style but they they also don't want to be limited by some of the dogma and rigidities of some of the Waldorf schools out there um, mm. especially in these recent years where they weren't even like honoring, you know, holistic right. natural yes. health yes. anymore. Very surprising. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so she offers support and consultations for communities that really want to build Waldorf um, 
style, yes. but into the present day, into a practical way that actually works for today's time. Um, so I just want people to know that there's a lot of us doing amazing work and we're mm. here for you. We're here yes. to support you and facilitate you in bridging into the new world. And it's eventually what we're doing in this new world that is so beautiful. There's no arguing or convincing. Yes, us. No. It's no. so no. much more awesome and yeah. fulfilling, so much more beautiful. It's yeah. rich and rewarding for everybody involved. Yes, the educators yes. love it because this collaborative way you're learning yes. and growing together with the kids is yes. so much more rich and fulfilling for the parents. And obviously for the kids, much more awesome. There's just like, no arguing with it. Everybody's going to yeah. ship. You know, it's yes. just right now that we do have to build these yes. new solutions and systems. And there is some hard work involved sometimes, but we're here to support you. And there's a lot of community. We're all doing it together. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Eden. Yes, yes, yes. And people can co connect with you <sighs> on your, that website. Yeah, so um, I so okay. love and appreciate the offers for support. Um, one way to support my work is to simply sign up for the Luminous Education Program, you yes. know, so that way um, it has a, I don't like to call it a sliding scale. We call it a heart-based tuition model. Yes. So there's three tiers. Because yes. in this day and age, everybody has a different situation with their finances. Yes. And, um, and I'm not at a place in my situation where I can just gift this completely to the world. And so right. thank you so much for supporting me in the next level of this work by contributing a tuition that is just right for you. And, yes. um, and then please be on the lookout for the future where we do a fundraiser that supports the completion of the book, supports us in hiring a team so that we can yes. get this information out to all the beautiful souls across the planet that still think that they're alone. They're all dreaming yeah. the same dream with us. They don't realize that yeah. they've got a whole support system that they can instantly tap into. Yes. Eventually, what we want to do is to build out the website so that learning villages... All around the world, yeah. we can have a network of connection and yeah. so we can support each other in the best practices. Like when I brought um, the Visionary Village mom, Nicole, together with Melanie, the North Carolina Learning Haven mom, they were like, wow, and they learned <laughs> so much and they next leveled each other up so yeah, much yeah, because yeah, they totally. were already badasses to begin with mm -hmm. and they figured out different components and together they were able to really level up yeah. the whole thing so quickly. And so I know there's a lot more of that magic that is possible if I have the support system to build up this network and to build up our website and build up all the support system so we can reach and support each other a lot more than I've been able to so far, just yeah. kind of basically doing it by myself, you know? Yes, it is yes. done. It, it is, is done. done. Yes. Mm. Yes, yes. And please, um, we'll stay connected regardless. But um, when all of that fundraising info comes out, let us know so we can yep. broadcast that signal yep. too, and, you know, to our own streams and all of that. We're, we're doing this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. We're together. Nobody's alone. Yeah. We're not alone in this. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I've always said too. Like the focus in what's possible, it's so rich that at some point you said the words just like I used to say, like 
people are just going to be like, I want to do that. What are they doing? They are so happy. and They're just so vibrant, right? Because it's just the natural order. There isn't anything tempering with that. Because as you said, we decided to take responsibility, right? To go within, to connect, and then move from that space. So what else is possible, everyone? Mm. <laughs> yeah, you know, in the Luminous Education program, I also share, um, because mm. it's easy for us to be like, I just want to flip a switch and jump yeah. into the new paradigm. So I'm very sober and practical also. I map yes. out what there is a transitional journey, an outward yes. journey, and an inward journey. And and please, no judgment on ourselves or others that right. for some of us, we're just kind of stepping out of the conventional default school paradigm. Yes. And the first step is like, well, why don't I just try a, a Waldorf school or Montessori school? Yeah. And so it's like, wow, it's more honoring. It's more holistic. It's, it like, listens to the child more. There's a lot. That's a big leap actually, from yeah. So not to poo-poo on people that just go like go to an alternative school. That is just great. That's a huge improvement from the conventional public school paradigm. Yes. Yeah, and then is. these recent years where they're like, well, I'm actually just still kind of dropping my kid off to a system. And they're mm-hmm. very kind, loving strangers. But at the end of the day, <laughs> I'm just still kind of letting um, a group of strangers as well-qualified sometimes, as well-meaning they are, to raise my kids from first to 12th grade. Hmm. I don't like you start asking questions and yes. do they need to be in a building five days a week. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You start asking questions. So then you're like, okay, let me try homeschooling. And then in the beginning, most homeschooling is just school at home. Yeah. Following a curriculum. But it's also a huge leap forward because you're like, let's sleep until you're well rested. Let's learn when your body says you're fresh and ready to learn. Let's take a break and go pee and poo without asking for permission. Yes. Let's take a snack break when you're hungry and not take a snack break if you're in flow. Mm. Let's honor your body's rhythms. Let's learn when you're ready. That is a huge improvement huge. too. Yes. But then you're like, wait, I'm still following a curriculum that some dead person wrote up a long time ago. <laughs> is that really applicable? Is it practical? Is it useful? You start asking these questions and mostly you burn out of trying to manage everything because you got to mm-hmm. cook, you got to clean, you got to laundry, you got the Legos, and then you got to sit at the kitchen table following a curriculum with your child. It's too much. And then you're running your business too, right? So at some point you surrender, you're like, oh what if I just let my child's passions lead? Mm-hmm. What if I look into this whole unschooling, self-directed learning thing? Huh? Well, you realize that there's a lot of deprogramming now that needs to oh, happen. Wow. And then you go on this big yeah. inner journey. And so I call this the six phases, regular default school, alternative style school, mm. school at home. Those are the first three phases, each of them a treasure, a big leap. Yes. Yes. Then phase four and five is de-schooling and unschooling, deprogramming, self-directed. You iterate now. You start to realize that I have a lot of deprogramming and old patterns to shed so that I can step fully into what it is to be a sovereign human, taking full personal responsibility and honoring and respectful of of each other. That is the hugest paradigm shift. I think once more people stabilize and we have basically a, enough of a tipping point of our society where this self-directed way of life, which includes education, this collaborative um, win-win 
mutually honoring respectful way of interacting with all humans including yes. children as this becomes the norm um like wow it's a different reality now and you yes. naturally want to share and collaborate with yeah. more people you want to come together as a community as moms dads educators village grandmas grandpas wizards <laughs> mechanics yes. The haircutters, the <laughs> we all yes. are learning together as a village. Yeah. And this mm -hmm. new paradigm of education where you integrate the village into it is very collaborative for everybody involved. That's what I'm calling luminous education. And to get there, you have to kind of walk through the portals of yeah. these first yes. five phases yes. or else you yes. can't do it because it requires yeah. a lot of inner work and shedding of old programmings to actually do it successfully which yeah. includes a period of loneliness that happens when you're yes. first homeschooling when you're first de-schooling and unschooling it can be a lonely journey until you shed all the old programming and then yeah. we're all here for you let's yes. sell and kumbaya kumbaya <laughs> <laughs> yeah yes oh, so no powerful yeah, yeah. The all in our own journey yeah, the mm -hmm. infinite unfolding. What an honor this conversation has been. So grateful. You're so easy to love, Dr. Edith. I know. We yeah, love likewise. You, Dr. Edith, thank you. So luminousrevolution.com, mm -hmm. you guys go check it out. Thank you so much to all our <laughs> listeners and everyone. We'll see you all soon. Much love. Thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you so much. Mm -hmm.